I'm glad you've raised it early. There is no, you said demystified, there is no mystery around this subject. Any single person listening to this, if they choose the right vehicles and they put enough time and effort into it, they will, they will get there. Yeah. Some might take longer than others. So there's no freaking mystery. The block is that six inches between their two ears. Hello, this is Dr. Rowe, and you are listening to The Cicado Show with Dr. Rowe and Harms. Cicado means to seek turning points. And on this show, where two completely different generations tackle the most challenging topics that people are facing today, the mission is to provide you with what you need in order to create a turning point in your life now. Above all else, the main reason that we chose to create these shows is because we both have a passion for helping people go through life transformation, for improving their lives, for taking their lives to a completely different level. And it's our hope, our genuine sincere hope, that by the end of each of these episodes, you will have gained at least one insight which you can take away and apply directly into your life. Practical tools, voices that come from both generations, younger generation with tips and tools, older generation with a sense of wisdom and experience. So you can help unlock your true potential to give you the opportunity to make changes both on a personal, professional, financial and relationship level to give you a chance to impact both your life and the lives of other people around you. So we welcome you. We welcome you to The Cicado Show. Before we jump into the show, let me just tell you a little bit about becoming a Cicado supporter now. If you love what we do on the show, have gained transformational insights and positive outcomes or any small shifts which have allowed you to create turning points in your life, then please head to cicado.com and become a supporter of the show now. By supporting the show, we can continue to expand by getting you better quality production, spending more time deep diving important topics and creating more exclusive supporter perks as well as getting great guests on. And by the way, as a thank you for becoming a supporter and depending on which supporter tier you select at cicado.com, these perks range from my weekly recipe for success emails through to audios and video courses from my 23 steps to success, which includes online modules on how to find your life balance, gaining confidence, improving your time management, making successful career transitions, understanding financial independence, creating a life purpose, understanding and how to manage your money, becoming a money master, understanding negotiation techniques, learning to communicate more effectively and so much more. So don't delay. It takes less than two minutes and you can become a Cicado supporter, helping to expand the show and get special perks as a thank you. Become a supporter now at Cicado.com. Let's get back to the show. Hello, it's Harms here and welcome to another episode of the Cicado show. Today we are talking about this amazing phenomenon that is financial freedom. But that's a big topic. So more specifically, I want to be focusing on what stops somebody from going on to achieve financial freedom. So just think about this for a moment. In the past, you may have been presented an opportunity in order to learn or implement a set of actions that will lead you towards this amazing phenomenon, which is financial freedom. You may be currently experiencing that opportunity. It may appear in the future and often it does appear in the future. So if we can clear the things that are holding you back 
or holding the people around you back from embarking on this journey of achieving financial freedom, which is 100% achievable, that's the aim of today's podcast. So Ro, I know you've been teaching people how to become financially free for decades and taking them along the pathway and that route, and then actually seeing them come out the other end completely financially free, transforming their lives. So over to you, Ro, and I think a good place to kick off would be to actually define financial freedom once you've introduced yourself, of course. Hi, thanks. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Cicado Show. And again, thank you for being here. Thank you for supporting us, those of you that support us, and what a great subject. Uh, this is one that's kind of, for me, in fact, can just let's step back for, for a second. Can we broaden this not just to financial freedom, but anyone embarking on a new venture, a new project, a little bit like when you stepped out of your career or somebody starting up a new business so that it really tackles the broader reaction that people get or the emotional blocks they have around that? I think absolutely, because then that also adds another word into the mix, which is financial transformation. So oh, yeah, absolutely. Like yeah, yeah, let's go with that. So financial freedom uh, in in or security, if, if financial freedom feels like an overworked word to you, which sometimes people do use it a lot over in social media side of things, uh, is the ability to create a, a, an independent income, passive ideally, which although it can be a mix finally leading to passive, where you have sufficient external uh, income coming in on a monthly basis to allow you to step back and not have to work. It covers your basic expenses. It doesn't necessarily uh, cover a massive lifestyle. So let's say somebody needs £2,850 per month or dollars or whatever to cover all their expenses. If that was coming in, then they actually wouldn't have to go and work. That's essentially the base level of financial security or financial independence or financial freedom. Great. So for somebody who's listening to this row, and this is the first time they're they're hearing about this word financial freedom, which is common. Yeah. Because actually True. most people are used to operating within a very conventional system. You know, you get educated, go get your degree, and now you work in a workplace. And I'm just wondering if you could talk about opening up the subject in terms of a definition for somebody around the topic of trading your time for money, because that also may resonate with somebody. Yeah, yeah, this, yeah. Because yeah, this could yeah, be a completely yeah, yeah, new yeah, subject. Yeah. True, true. Well, what do you mean I can become financially free? If this was a possibility, why is everybody yeah. not doing it? Like That's a very yeah. good point. So we get indoctrinated at a young age, and people talk about brainwashing. We get brainwashed to believe, as you and I went through this, particularly from an Asian background, you get a certain level of education. You study very, very hard, and then you go <laughs> and you get your qualifications. And what does that allow me to do, mum and dad? Oh, well, that will allow you to go and get a really good job. Oh, great thanks and and what what will that allow me to do well if you get a really good job then what you can do is you can go and buy a home mm -hmm. and if you buy a home you can have kids and a family and you can have a car and then you'll have enough money occasionally to go on holiday out and and by the way you get weekends off and uh, as you get older you'll put your money towards a pension so that when you've worked for 42 years what you can then do is you can basically retire what does that mean mum and dad oh retire means basically you then don't have to work Oh, right. I'm not working now, though. I know. But what you're going to do is you're going to work for 42 years. So then you don't have to work <laughs> again. OK, great. So then I can go traveling and go climbing and do all those adventurous things. Well, not exactly, because by then you're probably going to need a Zimmer frame and you might need somebody to push you around and you probably won't have the energy and you might even struggle to fly. Companies might not even insure you to fly because you'll be too old. But but look, at least during those 40 years, you could you can have the odd weekend off and you might have to work evenings occasionally. Sometimes your boss might ask you to actually work the weekends as well. But yeah, I mean, just stick your head down and work now and study and, and get your exams. And, and that's what you've got ahead of you. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just start with that 
which is what we're told. I mean, we're sold that all. The- uh, we're sold that, and that's what most people are living. So, if you're listening to the word financial freedom, financial independence, financial security, there's different languages. Which, you, put which I'll this. explain in a minute. Which is diametrically opposite to that. Absolutely. So that's just a frame of reference, a jumping off point, because most people who come to yourself row to learn how to become financially free, they're actually in this in this race that you've just right. this pathway, this A A to B. I'm going to retire when I'm 65, maybe 75 by the time they get there, uh, at which point they're going to have no energy. They're going to be tired, yeah. tired of, you know, 40 years in the workplace, 50 years in the workplace. And now they're just, you know, and, and the stress and anxiety. I just got a great mm-hmm. video sent through to me for, by a young man called AK, who's one of the people that came through one of our property programs and doesn't have to work anymore. And, and actually in the video, he said, I was literally on a day-to-day basis feeling ill sick stress the anxiety the frustration anger he used the word anger that he wasn't really doing what he wanted to do mm. he was doing he was functioning in a fairly well-paid job but wasn't happy and that explodes chemically in our bodies it makes us feel really ill and on a spiritual level though we have one life and we know this right and i think people forget this on a day-to-day basis you know there's 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 things out there to remind us but we have one life and we've got to really decide what we want to do with those 40, 50 years. Exactly. Maybe more that we have where we have a high energy, the yeah. ability to, you know, to work and to do things that we want to do. Yeah. Um, that actually shifts me on to. Well, uh, well on that note then, so yeah. it, going back to what you asked me, the definition of a financial freedom. So you, you talked about we have choices. We've got a certain lifespan. There's that great film in pursuit of happiness. And that was Chris Garner, who mm. I was actually very privileged to meet. And I was speaking at an event and he and I were, he was talking about stocks. I was talking about property. That word happiness. If you speak to most people, I just want to be happy. If you think about it, that's often what people say. Yeah. I just want to be happy. When you ask them what that means, they describe this lifestyle, which actually monetarily means you've got to be financially independent to achieve it. And so people aren't pursuing their purposes in life because they're caught trying to function to pay their bills. The concept of financial independence is you providing yourself with an additional income, which comes in on a monthly basis. And it's sufficient to say, okay, you don't now have to go and work all those 40 years to achieve the same thing. You could retire at 20, as you do it. Well, how old were you when you left your job? About 26, 27. 26, years, yeah, 26 yeah, yeah. 27, right? Well, I came through a bit late. So I learned the whole process in my 30s. Um, but you know, 26, 27, you're not gonna have to work for anyone again for the rest of your life. That for most people only happens at 65 years of age or 70 now yeah. is starting to yeah. slide back. So if you listen to this and you're thinking, oh, well, that's only for certain people, you know, you've got to be born into rich. And this is, this is where all the beliefs come in, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, I'm sorry, but that's bullshit. Any single human being can achieve it. And it doesn't have to be just one vehicle. It can be multiple sources of income. But the, the underlying principle is you provide yourself with enough income, be it multiple sources of income through property, through online businesses, you know, stuff, stuff that you do as well. Uh, and, and all those different threads of income come into a bank account and actually, oh, because it's there, it covers all my expenses. Now, beyond that is lifestyle freedom, which is now I've got more than just my expenses. I can go get a nice new car. I can upgrade to a better holiday. And now I can get a second home and Mm. I can start to live at a higher level. So it has different gradients to it. But the fundamental is time. Buying back your time, actually, that's what it's really doing. Yeah. So fundamentally there, what, what the difference between working in a job or a career versus pursuing, learning how to and implementing this process we're talking about financial freedom is very much in the financial freedom realm. You know, you could 
live on a daily basis, doing your purpose, your passion, whatever it is you want to get out of life, but you don't have to trade those particular hours in the day for an income. Whereas in the job, you go and work your eight hour shift and you get paid on an hourly wage. If you don't turn up to work, you just don't get paid. Yeah. Uh, depending on what your contract is, if you want to get technical, don't turn, try not turning up to work for a couple of weeks, they'll stop paying you. This is just the nature of a job versus this process, this, you know, this magical process we're talking about called financial freedom. So that's just another comparison there. Now, well, you mentioned a few items there, you know, uh, property investing, stocks and shares, online business. Maybe we'll just put that around a, a question, which is, you know, if somebody listened to this, they the first thing I thought when I heard this concept of financial freedom was, okay, how do I do it? How do I achieve right. it? Show me what I need to do. Tell yeah. me what I need to do. And I'm going to go do it. Yeah. So this links back to what you mentioned at the start of the podcast, which is embarking on something new, a venture, a business. Yes. So do you want to talk into the space of necessarily explain yeah. how? No, you know, no, that's they're, not, they're we're going to be for days. We're going to be yeah, for days I mean, and days. We, and days. we run seminars on this. So. Yeah. What, what, what are the big <laughs> come categories? Come to one of the seminars. That's <laughs> yeah. a different conversation. Uh, we, have, we have done a few podcasts previously on a couple of these themes. And, and I know certainly we're going to be getting a good friend of ours, Alistair, to come in and talk about the trading side. But essentially, it's choosing a vehicle or vehicles mm-hmm. that provide you with different sources of income. So when I started years ago, I grappled around looking at lots of different things. Uh, network marketing is a business that some people choose as a vehicle. Uh, online uh, businesses, which yep. is obviously something you're very familiar with and you help clients with, which is developing an online income. Then you have uh, income coming in from buying properties, renting them out and generating a monthly passive income there. You then got trading the stock market, which is actually more of an active income where you sit, you trade for a few hours a day, two or three hours a day, whatever it is. You generate a certain profit for that day. You close your account for that day in theory, yeah. and then you go off and you trade the next day. It's a little bit more active, or you could be somebody that has a lot of capital that puts them into long-term stocks and they provide a yield dividend for you. And then you, you live off that. So there's there's these different vehicles you can go down. Could you create a business? Yes. Can you start a business? Yes. And actually through that business, you can be partly hands-on and partly hands-off. So concept is you can, you can actually be everything from uh, completely fully independent where you don't do anything outside of maybe just managing the overall business to choosing to be in and out of it, which mm-hmm. I think both you and I tend to do. Yeah. And it gives, it keeps you alive. It keeps you, it keeps you engaged and you, you start to have choices. And that, that brings me back to something I wrote down, which I want to come back to, which is an excuse often people say is, oh yeah, but you don't understand. I love my job. So I want to come back and talk about some of the blocks because that's really the theme of today, isn't it? What yes, what's holding people up? back from, from actually getting, from getting to, to that point? point. Yeah, yeah. What, that what, point. what obstacles do they put in their path? What conversational pieces do they lay out to stop them pursuing this? And that, that's really the place we've got to tackle. Absolutely. And I just want to throw something out there because when the word, as you said, is you know, can be kind sometimes overused, uh, but I just want to define it in the sense that we're not talking about getting rich quick here. We're not talking right. about, yes, 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 uh, yes, you know, yes, yes. you're going to, in, enroll onto a program and then within 30 yeah. days you're yeah. going to be have a million pound in your bank which is going to pay you dividends like and you know what there's a load of people on instagram telling you you can do that and just so watch out for it watch I mean, out for it uh, and, that's, be... and that's coming from it's just uh, you know ah. I, I know Ro, yourself and on my side myself and my business partner we teach people how to become financially independent financially free through a process right. through a system yes uh, which takes time takes work it does. takes dedication it does. Uh, i would say no more dedication than you would need to put into your job. But then of course, once you get there, you know, I know you've used the phrase, you know, you do the work once, whether it's creating a business, uh, building a property portfolio, you do the work once and then you get paid for life. And that's the financial freedom aspect of it. Yeah. And, I, and that, what I love is that 
um, for people that say, but I want to do something, trust me, <laughs> trust me, once you get to that stage, you will absolutely find things to fill your life in a different way, though. You get to wake up and choose as opposed to feeling like obligated to go and work in that job and, and, and pay those bills. Yeah, try be a full-time parent. That will keep you busy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which actually, and that's another conversation, isn't it, about conscious parenting. A lot of people say, I'm a parent, but actually what they are is they are a worker who when they get home are exhausted and then try and spend a bit of time yeah. with their kids who if they've had to farm out to somebody else to look after their kids during the day yeah. because they've been at work. You don't understand, I'm, I'm at work working. I couldn't be with my kids. Yeah, but if you weren't working, then you could have more time with them. Now you could start to do some of the things you've always wanted to do because before you know it, bang, they've grown up. So another conversation for another, another day. Conversation. Uh, we, I think we've defined this very well. We've given examples of how to get there. We've kind of demystified that. We're not talking about getting rich quick here. No. Uh, we've compared it to the job versus what is financial freedom, the the not trading your time for money. That's just and you know something what, to write Arms, down. I think you've, I'm glad you've raised it early. There is no, you said demystified, there is no mystery around this subject. Any single person listening to this, if they choose the right vehicles and they put enough time and effort into it, they will they will get there. Yeah. Some might take longer than others. So there's no freaking mystery. The block is that six inches between their two ears. That's the biggest challenge. Right. So you, you transitioned that so well. Let's talk about that now. Right. What is blocking people? What's the <laughs> what's the number one thing blocking people? And then let's talk into that space. The number one, or should we go through some of them? <laughs> let's, let's go. Th- but what's what would be the overarching? Okay, okay what's okay. the overarching? Cause you, you said because we, we, we this is easily. I mean, we've done that. This is like a one day seminar in its own right. Mm. The overarching block is that people start listening to the conversation in their heads that are obstacles that are trip. You know, things that are going to trip them up, and and they pull on pretty much every single resource they've ever had of language patterns that stop them going forward to do the very thing they want to do. In a nutshell, it's basically self-talk. It's negative self-talk. Now, somebody might say, yeah, but you don't understand. It's my uncle telling me this. I know. But ultimately, when uncle speaks, it goes into our heads. Mm. And then we start to talk to that conversation. So it, it fundamentally, if you want to talk about the overarching piece, it's all the bullshit that we tell ourselves about why we can't do this. Simple as that. Child grows up, never have any of that. They build it up over time. Every single one of us, we build it up over time through experience. And we'll come back to it through experience, through physical experience, through observational experience. Beliefs are built up in several ways. And the biggest and the strongest beliefs are, are ones that have massive conviction. So that's what it comes down to. It's this constant self-talk and self-sabotage that stops us achieving things. Okay, so now let's talk into that space because that gives people <laughs> a frame of reference. And for some people, that also, that concept you just spoke about may be alien. They right. may be saying. Yeah, 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 they true. may be saying to themselves right now. Well, it could be the I norm for them. I don't have any self-talk as they speak to themselves <laughs> yeah, in their mind right. right now. So, yeah, what are you talking about, Baldy? Yeah, I, I couldn't do it because um, you know, mom, you know, I was I was too busy last last mm. year, so I couldn't start that business. But I don't have any self-talk. What's yeah, yeah. just happened there? Exactly. <laughs> uh, so, so let's now talk about examples or excuses people pull on, reasons they pull on. Uh, you, you know, we've heard an incredible amount uh, over our time, so we can kind of talk from a frame of reference here. I know that when I was embarking on it, you know, just to kick off, I personally had a, a big one for me was, would I be good enough? I Am I skilled enough? Am I talented enough to actually achieve this? Yeah. You know, am I the person like those property investors who can actually go out there and build a property portfolio? Now I've gone for the process. I am. As you're talking, I'm just thinking, and you have to bear in mind, everybody, that when we do this podcast, generally we have a theme 
and because and I know a lot of you have commented on how you love the engagement that goes on between us. There is no formal script on it. We, we're sort of literally flowing yeah. with a theme here. Yeah, yeah. Now, as you're talking, I'm actually thinking, what if we just move that aside for a minute? Let's come back to your blocks. But actually, let's start with why people pursue the financial freedom, why they pursue starting a business. Let's start with that. Okay. Because that has to be the fundamental drive. And then let's let's put in place the blocks that stop them getting there. So let's talk a little bit about why you and I went on this journey and some of the things that people have told us and all the thousands of people we've met that have come through this journey. I, I think so that's you, a fantastic Let's go battles and it. forwards, right? You start with one and we'll go battles and forwards and then we'll elaborate to other things we've heard. So okay, what, got it. when people pursue this journey, let's start with rule number one. They're doing it for a reason. And then yeah. let's come to the, the rule number two, which is a lot of them have blocks to stop them getting there. So why, why are they doing it? Let's, let's share some personal ones and then, and then what we've heard from other people and friends that we've helped do it. Great. So personal one, just linking back to what I said previously, uh, you know, the desire and the, the uh, becoming a full-time parent. Yeah. It's, it's as simple as that. Right. I, you know, Were no you in that headspace are way back then? Or is that something I, more I genuinely was. Right. Yeah. I, you yeah. know, I have Asian child watching my parents both work yeah don't get to spend a lot of time with them so i i had to decide you know do i want to repeat that cycle being in the job i was in yeah. you know as the listeners know railway unsociable hours weekends night shifts that was already affecting the yeah. marriage in terms of time spent together yeah the same thing was going to happen with the children so being a full-time parent being available being able to work from home being able to work remotely yeah all of those came yeah, to yeah, play. yeah yeah and i think it's not about criticism of our parents because Fundamentally, they didn't necessarily or weren't aware they had choices Absolutely, back then. Yeah. When my mum grew up, you know, she couldn't go to a property education course. Yeah. So she, even though she might have aspirations, it was just like head down function, especially after my father died. One of mine, actually, interestingly enough, was just being able to wake up in the morning and just choose that day what I want to do. And it's not that I didn't have as much choice. I mean, actually, as a self-employed person, I had more choice than when I was in a job. Mm. But right back when I was in a job, I used to think, God, what would it be like just to wake up and put your hand on the alarm clock, hit the alarm clock, and just fucking lie there? A bit like, you know, the holiday feeling you yeah, get. When yeah. you first go on the first couple of days of a holiday, you, you kind of wake up and think, shit, I need to be doing something. I need to be doing something. <laughs> I'd always love to travel. I think after my father died, one thing my mum had, actually, my mum had a tiny amount of money of the back of his death and she had a choice to put it in some bank accounts for us or to go and give us experience i don't ever told you the story but she literally said right i've decided i'm going to take you on a trip and we went for six or seven weeks around europe it was incredible we literally had this old ford cortina i think it was and she drove us around and she decided that she wanted to leave us a memory that would stick in our lives and i actually still remember going through the alps and looking at the glaciers and i was like 13 14 years of age mm. so that gave me this bug but I remember coming back and then she had to work and work. I kept thinking at a young age, like even before I was in my 20s, why, why can't you just drop everything and go? And I had this association with work being a, a block to that. So one of my massive aspirations was just a choice to wake up in the morning and just choose what you want to do that day. And if I want to get in a car and drive to Denmark or fly, and fly off to India or whatever, I can do it because I, I had that choice. Mm. And that was massive to me, travel and freedom of, uh, to be able to do what I want to do when I want to do it. That was one of mine. Great. Big one. There's another underlying one that as, as alongside the parenting, it was very much around the career and the job I was in. I quickly realized five years in that this was not my personality. This was not my natural pull. I was an engineer. Right. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's very left brain, very systematic, very logical. Yes, I could do it. As years and years went on, it became less exciting. There was no fire. So 
bear in mind once I achieved financial freedom, I was way too early to retire, sit on a beach. Like that's not, that never even came to, to my mind. Yeah. Instead it was, okay, how can I tap into who I am as a person and work on whether it's businesses, yeah, tasks, right. so, and day-to-day so work, having time to evolve you as a human being. Yeah, and work on things that fuel me, that wake me up in the morning. Yeah, uh, that tap into the creative side because that's what I am by nature. And you couldn't do that in your job because dot dot dot. Uh, because there's policies, processes, right. systems, time being consumed. Time being consumed. You know, you get home and genuinely, there's the energy that you have after working a night shift, then having another night shift, doing uh, seven eight shifts in a row. There's not much space for creativity. Uh, there just wasn't at the time and then of course you want to do the other life things find a partner uh, spend time with family social and then when you do have a bit of time you kind of want to soak that up Uh, well this is the problem with a job when you do have a bit of time you just fall back (laughs) in front of a video game or netflix and that's it you know (laughs) say say bye to the rest of the hour uh and that's because you're exhausted and then then there's that conversation i'll do it next week i'll do it next week i'll do it next week Um, or or i'll do it next year Uh, and then it becomes Oh, that I could thing. Have done that. I could have done that. Yeah. That was fun. It's not really for me. I'm an engineer. Yeah. Uh, so I wanted to make sure I did. I, I had to escape. That's yeah, a word yeah, I yeah, use. Yeah, escape yeah, before yeah, I got yeah, to that yeah, point and that yeah, feeling. Yeah. And I was very aware of this. So, so, so there's that, another. One. So for yeah. you, it's actually it's interesting. So it's having the ability to grow, but having the time to do that and evolve as a human being. Yeah. And just, I think another one for me was the the the, the, the ability to be able to go and treat myself to things. And materially, I know, and I want to talk about this. People sometimes are afraid to say it, but I actually did want to have the ability to go and stay in a nice hotel. I remember getting frustrated booking holidays to Greece when I was, you know, in my job going, mm. sh- number one time, so two weeks only. That was, that was, used to piss me off. You had to juggle around other people in the job. Oh yeah, well, yeah. he's back on this date, so you can go then. Yeah. Really? But, I, and, and so then you get caught with these higher flight costs and everything else. But also, stretching to try and get to a three-star hotel and thinking, well, maybe if we went on a three-star, that would save us a bit more money to go for a nice restaurant instead. So we do it that way. Yeah. Instead of why can't you have both? And this is, a, this is, I think, fundamentally what people don't realize is you can have both. But the problem is if you just shrink down and, and condense your life to a certain standard, you'll never expand to grow into other opportunities. So that was something I want. I wanted to be able to just go, I just want to book it and not think about, uh, well, let's stay there because it's cheaper. Yeah, that yeah. for me was... That was another choice. It was slightly different to waking up in the morning and feeling free. It was actually being able to choose things, going into a restaurant and going, no, let's just go there. Really? It's a bit expensive. Let's just go and eat the food because we want to go there. Mm. It's not feeling a guilty as well for going into a more expensive restaurant or driving a more expensive car. Because I think there's a little bit of that in all of us, isn't there? It's yeah. like, oh, shit, do I feel a bit guilty? Because my friends don't have this. And I went through that. You know, Some of the family were a little bit resistant to the changes in our lifestyle, but I couldn't keep myself small just because other people had blocks. Again, that's going to lead us into what we're going to talk about in a minute, I know. Great. So should we shift on to... I mean, if, but, but if anybody's listening to this, please think about the importance of expanding these ideas and, and, and what's the driving force. Because without that, everything else becomes irrelevant. If yeah. you don't have that big enough reason, that drive behind it, when a block does come up, when a negative person does come up or a negative thought comes comes up, it, sh- it, it is, becomes bigger than the actual reason. So the reason has to be so huge that the obstacle's tiny in front of you. But most people are doing it the opposite way around. They're making the obstacles huge. And the reason is, it'd be nice to have it. Um, so people pay the lottery because it's easy. Yeah. It doesn't take any work. Chuck a few quid here. But See that adds up to thousands over the years. It does. So for those who are thinking, ah, what is my reason why? What's going to fuel me? Let's just chuck out some examples that we found over the years yeah. uh, that people have you know, shared with us. Yeah. Uh, you know, you mentioned travel. Travel is a big one for massive, people. They massive. Know, they they want to see the world. They want to yeah. see this amazing world that we have. Yeah. And they just haven't seen anywhere. Yeah. You know, apart from their town. Some people have not left their town. 
and they they know there's a world out there thanks and, to the and internet. tell themselves is because um having the time to travel as well so it's not even the money now yes. but it's the physical time to go and not have to book a of it's got to be back in two weeks go for three months yeah go, and, and enjoy the culture a holiday to somewhere doesn't really get you into the culture of a place you're just kind of skimming the surface exactly but to spend months in a place you really get to know the people yeah and on a personal level i know you've done it you've you, i mean you spent extended periods of time to years <laughs> in places you yeah. know, but we spent 30 days in thailand we spent yeah uh, 30 days in bali in malaysia so uh went to uganda and actually there wasn't a real time limit on that so Amazing. yeah that, yeah yeah it's that kind of feeling and where... you had some interesting experiences there very interesting that's, that's, <laughs> that's another, another conversation another conversation you have to ask um, me that I, i've just got a lovely message from a lady called kelly uh if she ever listens to this podcast hi kelly thanks for that and she was just saying how i mean it's a weekday and she's down at this um reenactment experience where they're they're going through and plowing the land and and uh, and, and bringing up natural oh, wow. things out of the ground and they're dressed in a certain way she's with her kids and they're selling food i think to people that are coming into this fair but it's all really and she's doing it during the week whereas she's been a corporate job and if you see her today you know her, the lines on her face have really she looks younger than she yeah, does when yeah, i first yeah. met her because she's got the time to do it um, and, and that's another big reason, I think, is having quality time with people's kids as well, you know, with their children. Agree. So you actually mentioned one there, which is spending time with loved ones, whether it's elderly parents, yeah. whether it's children, whether it's with their partner. You know, we, we've we've gotten what I love to see is when people come to learn how to become financially free, whether it's through property and the trainings you run, is they come as a couple and they're just engaged, actually similar to my story. But they want to spend those first four or five years as a married couple together. Whereas what happens is they're engaged, they go and do their job, exactly. they get married, and hey, they go back to their job. Yeah. So there's some really aspirational couples out there uh, who are like, actually, as a couple, we want to experience life yeah. together. We love each other, we want to experience life together. Yeah, and it can and it can be done and they can enjoy the fruits of the joint work together. So when people come to the property course, uh, the thing about the property course is just a functional thing. You come into this property course to learn a vehicle. But th- one of the early questions I ask them when they come to the property course is, why? And I've had people say to me, I love the fact you wrote a book, Dr. Rowe. I want to do that. I've always wanted to write a book. Hmm. And when I think back, honestly, Harms, for years and years and years, on my computer, the start of a chapter, start of a chapter, start of a chapter, start of another book. But I never had the time to do it. And the minute I stepped back from working for other people, I could breathe and go, right, be creative now and create this product, create this book here, record this, do this. And I think that's what I say to people. When you, you know, yes, you're coming through a property course, but that's just a functional vehicle to get you to where you want to get to. And, and it's that destination that we have to focus on. And that, that then makes it easier to deal with what we're about to talk about, which is the blocks. Okay, so last one, and maybe you may want to find another one over, is just to shift it slightly, you know, we do get people who have worked in their career for decades and they are just tired. Yes. They are just knackered. absolutely knackered and they just need a decade off. They yeah. just need time off. Yeah. Uh, that's how tired they are. That's how overworked they've been. Uh, personal, professional lives. And they just want out. Yeah. Adre- uh, it's almost adrenal burnout, actually. Adrenal burnout. And, and in their circumstance, you know, they, they have these conversations with us and they say, I just need to replace my salary. And the salary is, you know, two, two and a half. If you look at the average salary across the UK, it's around 30 to 33,000 pounds, yeah. you know. Uh, it's actually over, lower than that at the moment, year. actually, as a result of COVID. Yeah, it's dropped. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, we are talking between two and 3,000 pounds. And that's that's so achievable, yeah. you know, uh, whether it's through property course, whether it's through stocks and uh, shares, tr- whatever your vehicle is, when you put it into context like that, to have your energy back to be able to rest once again after decades of work 
that's another big reason. They're just like, I'm tired. You I mean, know? look at us. Yeah. We're here, right? You rocked up at 9.30. I got here just to set the microphone up. We're probably going to nip down for a coffee afterwards. I'm going to head back. Uh, my daughter comes back at two o'clock. Um, we've got our new garden, as you know, that yeah. we've just seeded for the last six weeks. I've probably got to mow that because I've got to get it down before we kick off the weekend. You've got stuff going on this, uh, you know, it's tomorrow's Friday. Uh, well, uh, Friday, I'm seeing my mum and dad. So Fantastic. it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, just, just heading home. And went, that, went to gym this morning. And it's just... Yeah. People go, but that is that really possible? Yes. Yeah. Did we get there easily? No. Did we have blocks? Yes. Harms had blocks. I had blocks. He had stuff going on in his world. I had stuff. But it, there comes a point, like maybe that turns us in, in the conversation, where you just have to make the right decision. Mm. And then you make that decision right. You do whatever it takes to make that decision right. That, that sentence is stopped by one thing, and that is goes back to our conversation in our heads, the block. Okay, so now which then leads us to our, your block that you started this. Yeah, week. okay, so so, so I want to kick it off with your an example. So what we're talking about now, we're shifting. So so in your mind, just think about what your reason why is to achieve financial freedom, because and and have that in your mind, because as we're talking, some of these blocks will resonate more than others. Exactly, uh, you know, and the, and as and, the feeling comes through, <laughs> just remember that. That. And let me ask you the question as Harms goes into this is what has stopped you doing it up until now? And whatever comes out of your mouth next will be the first of several things that you've used mm -hmm. as an excuse. And let's not put sugar coating on it. There are, you know, you can make excuses or you can make money, but you can't make both. You, you can't do this two at the same time. You can either put the work in to make the money or you can put the work in to make the excuses. And people go, okay, but that's a reason. It's not an excuse. Nah, it's an excuse. So if we're okay with that conversation and it's candid enough, let's talk about some of the excuses that we've made and then let's talk about a lot of the other excuses that people yeah, make. Yeah, let's, let's dig deeper. So when I was 25 years old, I, I went to a property course and I was, you was training it well. And although I was excited and I, and I wanted to get there, there was still this conversation happening in my head, which right. was, this isn't really for people like me. Right. I have nobody around me in my family circle, my second family circle, who have done something like this, who are financially free. Everybody I know is working hard. Yeah. So this is not really a thing for me. Then came the conversation, well, if it was for me, would I really be good enough to actually do it? Then there's some technical thing. Would I be good enough to build a portfolio, raise the money? So it was very much around, would I be good enough, was my thing that was appearing at that time. And that was a block that could have stopped me. It yeah. didn't, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, for yeah, context. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I wanted to kick off with an example of mine because that, because I, I do remember that going through my head. And it was very much because of my family circles. Everybody just worked hard. Let's That's see if we me. can categorize these blocks because this mm. is important. Because we, remember, we've got to get to how do we overcome them. But this is a no bullshit conversation. So let's try and put them into groupings. And you set the standard for the first grouping. The first grouping then, let's call it the stuff we tell us about ourselves, right? Then we'll have another grouping, which is what other people tell us about why we shouldn't do it. And then maybe we go to another one, which is the, the more broader information that we hear out there or the stuff that we've heard out in the media. So there's almost three groupings, aren't yes. there, essentially. Let's talk about the stuff that we tell us about ourselves. One of mine was, oh my God, I've got a PhD. Shit, I've got a PhD. I've worked all my life to get to this point. I, you know, I spent five, four years at my degree. And then another four years getting my PhD, I climb the corporate ladder. Yeah, can I give all this up? Is it does it feel right to change direction and, and go in a different direction, having spent all this time in my life getting to hear all this vested energy and the study? We will come to the how we overcome it a little bit later, but that, that was one of my personal blocks. And 
I was going to then start talking about my peers, but that's the next category of the people around us. So that was certainly one of the things that I told myself, shit, maybe, maybe it's, this isn't the right thing to do because I spent so much. And I started to convince myself that maybe I should stay in my career longer. Yeah. And actually, that's what, what, what it took me longer to get to my first training, you know, my first property course. So before I got to my first property course, there was always very close points to, to making a shift. But again, nah. Maybe I should wait a bit longer. See what I can get out of my career. How can I take my career a little bit further? What can I do there? So that was the talk for me. It's like one run more up the ladder. Yeah. I'll, I'll do it next year. One more. I, I started to sniff around at books and getting excited and thinking, nah, nah. I'd be letting all this go, surely. Even though I wasn't happy. Yeah. So that's only one of mine. So sh- shifting then to what? What about your wife? Oh, good question. What would uh, you say one of hers was? I think it was... It, I think it was... Uh, Gina, by the way, for anyone asking. Uh, for her, it does fall into the next category, but you know, she had trained to be an accountant. So similar to yourselves, uh, it, it, to yourself, well, there was a lot of study. So, so she was vested. She was vested. Let me, right. let me uh, explain it another way. So imagine being, you know, 19, 20, you go into university to train to be a, prof- a professional. So an accountant in, in my wife's case. Alongside that, for anybody who's been an accountant or that kind of finance world, there's an additional set of exams that you've got to do, whether it's ACCA or something like that. Yeah, that's intensive. That's university. That's uh, you know she had a job as well, and then she was running this on the side, uh, doing these exams on the side. That's all put in play, and that's been done over the course of four to five years. So that's a serious time commitment. Exactly. Now, again, similar to myself, she's creative, and accountancy yeah. is not the yeah, role yeah, that yeah, she was yeah, destined yeah, to be yeah. that's not what her, her soul was but it meant kind to be of doing fitted into a certain mold and certainly in our cultures like it's very much well, engineering you know abs- it's like absolutely accountancy. It's, <laughs> so that so so for her it's like how do i step away from this because this is who i am because yeah. it's who i am this is what yeah. i'm going to be doing for so i think let's categorize this one as this is who i am yes and yeah, yeah the that's w- another... best way to describe that is this is my identity right so there's another if you're pinning so think of this as you're on a ship and it's a really old classic wooden ship. It's one of these big um, uh, sort of tea cutties or whatever. And there's massive mast in the middle. And this mast, which you, the mast that you hold onto is the mast that holds the sail. And a lot, that's our career. That's our identity. So a lot of us will wrap our arms around that. Mm. And that is our ship. You know, we're attached to it. And this is the whole, this is who I am. These are the blocks. And then suddenly, like the wind blows in a different direction. It goes, let's go off to the left. There's an island over there. It's called the Caribbean. We can go and it's fruits and beautiful island. And it's, there's fish and all this. And you go, oh, no, but no, we need to hold mm. on to this mast. But we've got to get into another ship to go and do that. What do you mean? Well, to get to the Caribbean, it's that ship over there. You've got to jump ship? No, no, I'm just going to hang on to this mast. Yes. And, just, we, and that's our identity. That's who we are. That's all the conversation we have about this is why I can't do it. Um, and it becomes a case of, yeah, but you don't understand. I've been an architect for this long. I've been a solicitor for this long. I've been, and, and we become professionalized in our attitude. And so we can't see ourselves being a property investor, which is just a label yeah. or a trader. It's just a label. And so what typically I find, and this is a great one for people listening, is instead of us pursuing the thing that we've talked about, which is the reason, the why, the passion that harms and I've been sharing, suddenly we attach the block to the label of what it means I'm going to be. I'm going to become a professional property investor or a trader or an, an internet marketing guy. Oh, oh no, that's not what I want to be. No, we're not talking about that. Nope. We're talking about what you want your lifestyle to be. You're just attaching. It's almost like we have to have a job or something to make the transition. 
Does this make any sense? I'm trying to, I'm, I'm actually talking about a subject we've never talked about before, even with my audiences, which is actually, you're getting confused here. You're attaching a label to the new thing you're doing as opposed to pursuing the new thing you're doing, which is very different. And, and I think it comes, it's ingrained in us from, uh, you know, a nursery, a kindergarten, primary school, uh, secondary school, or the university. What do you want to be? And that is who <laughs> we are is defined by the job. Yeah. And, you know, if we take this deeper, that's how people get their validation or self-worth. You know, you sit around a social table. Oh, so we have that conversation. So who are exactly. you? I'm a doctor. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Oh, okay. Well, high social you must status. Have studied You're amazing. Who are you? Well, you don't have a job. What do you mean you don't have a job? You're yeah. financially free. Oh, you're in between jobs. Are you? Oh, you're in between jobs. You you got, you're you got qualifications, but um, you're in between jobs. Okay. Are you? did, did, did COVID affect you? <laughs> so no, 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 I'm, I'm financially free. <laughs> uh, so somebody doesn't, I guess from the outside world as well, nobody knows how to label you because that's what we used it's to true. do. Right? Do you remember uh, if you ever watched it, uh, Meet the Fockers, and there's a yeah. great scene where, because he's a nurse and the rest of, I think his in-laws family are all doctors and they're yeah. like, oh yeah, he's, he's in the profession. Oh, you're in the profession. Where do you pray? So, um, so when, where'd you get your qualifications? Well, I've been nursing for, you're a nurse. You're a male nurse. And it's just like, <laughs> yes, exactly that. Ben Steele's face. Yeah. He's like really proud. You know, what's the problem? Um, and that's the thing. So, the transition. So I, I mean, I get some pretty high level tax people, barristers, lawyers, we get professionals like myself, you've got their PhDs. And actually part of, I think the benefit when people come to a property course is that they go, okay, this guy's, oh my God, this guy's got a PhD, he's got qualifications. Oh, I mean, he's got, he was an engineer, right? But he made the transition. So, oh, okay. But we never talk about oh, our new label is a property investor. We talk about a lifestyle, yeah. a change that it's provided us with. You can do both as well, by the way. I wrote this down while you were speaking just a minute ago. People use their job. I love my job. You've you got to understand, Harms. I love my job. I can't give this up to go and do that. We're not saying that. We're saying we're, we're talking here about, and actually we're kind of transitioning a bit into one of the other categories mm. here as well, but it's like, it's just a vehicle. So you've got to detach your identity and your internal blocks away from uh, this thing that you're holding on to. It's really important. Stop using this language pattern around you and start to use a language pattern that defines who you want to become in the future. Because it might be that you're holding on to this identity and actually you don't like it. You're frustrated with it. You're angry with it. And so we deflect who we are to what we do. Oh, you see, I'm an engineer. I've got to stick with that. I'm a, I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a lawyer. I, how can I go and do that? I've trained all these years. No, no, you're a human being. So what are your aspirations? What's your sense of purpose? What are your core values? What's the growth that you just talked about yeah. and you want to do? Oh, God, I haven't thought about that for years. Why? Well, I've just been so busy in my job. Bingo. We're back to it. You've lost yourself because you've pursued a career and now the job owns you because it fucking does own people. It owns really you, does. labels you, defines you. And even if you love it, to some extent, it still owns you. Yeah. We're not saying drop the job if you love what you do, but create the financial security so that if at some point, you know, we do have another pandemic or something happens to you, like my father became paralyzed and then couldn't physically function in his job because I had multiple strokes. Had he had financial security there, my growing up years would have been completely different. I would have seen my mum so much more because she was working two jobs. This is the stuff we have to focus on. It's the bigger aspirational side as opposed to this little thing we call our job, our identity, because that's basically what we're talking about it's an inverted funnel we're standing on this thing what is this thing oh shit it's my job yeah we're literally pinned by that most people and 
you've spoken about aspiration there and and I love that because we're we're, we're weaving in solutions in a way for people yeah, to true, think true, as true. we're doing this and yeah. I think that's important yeah. to, to capture somebody's thought in the moment there because the identity thing is probably one of the biggest yeah. self-talks that occur. It is. I am not that and, yes. and we've discussed that but one of the this brings us on to then and I can't do that because I can't do that because so if, if you find that that's the sentence right yeah, yeah yeah if you find that uh that kind of self-talk in your mind I can't do that because I, I, dot, yeah, dot, yeah. Dot. I mean a good friend of ours Helen she said oh, you know I'm a mum I'm not like them I, I you gotta be a certain type of person to be a property investor yeah so then there's this association with being that type of person and as that's opposed just a to picture in somebody's mind somebody yeah. in a suit uh, with a tie and yet look at her today yeah. she's incredibly successful uh, and I think that whole I because because what's the comes after the because because I haven't got the education because I'm not smart enough because I'm not good with maths these are yeah. all the things that we hear yeah. uh, because my parents told me I couldn't when I was younger now I believe that because I yeah so then we've got the the resources conversation, which is time and money, and think we'll come to that in a minute. But okay. this is more about the the self worth. Uh, have you been kicked around over the past? Have you been abused? Have you got a partner that's in the past crushed your beliefs about yourself? We're going into some of the turning point stuff now, but it really does come down to our beliefs about who we are as a human being. And I think Harms and I are here to tell you every single one of you can do this. It doesn't matter what your circumstances, you have the ability to do it. It is not rocket science. When you come to a property course, yes, there's things to learn and there's a process and there's different levels of learning, but everyone can do it. Trading, it's the same thing. Starting an internet, some of the stuff that you do with your, you know, with your baton uh, business and you're showing people the model and how to create a business that way. It's doable. It's functional. It's systematic, isn't it? Yeah. But it has to start with a fundamental belief that I want to do it. It has to start there, doesn't it? And this is, why I, this is why I want to do it and I can do it. Three things there. I want to do it. This is why I want to do it and I can do it. And now shifting to the next stage, which is the other category, the other category, which is, an, is one of the biggest, uh, <laughs> probably the number one in my uh, personal opinion in terms of how we've interacted true, with people. True, 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 true. And this one is, is really worth ah, <laughs> sitting up and paying attention to, which is other people putting a block or a barrier in various different ways, which we'll talk about in that, that route, that path, that journey that you're aspiring to go on, which row you just described. Yeah. So, you know, other people, how does this show up and how well, have you, how have you seen the shop in, in people's decision? Well, well, let's ping, ping a few out that we, mm. we've observed. So the first one, of course, and the classic one is your partner. Let's start there. I mean, it's, if you're in a relationship, and your partner doesn't have the same aspirations. Maybe they're actually, here's the thing, right? Couples generally do have the same aspiration for what they want. They yeah. do want the holidays. They do want to travel. The romantic conversations you talked about at the beginning when they first met as a couple, then got caught into a frigging job, which then consumed them for so long. And then, of course, those aspirational conversations stop because now it's functional, isn't it? It's like yeah. looking after the kids. It's, you take them to school. I'll do this. What about that bill? Da-da-da-da. When was the last time you chatted about holiday? Well, you know, we are, Doctor, you don't understand. We're too busy. We haven't got time for that. So I do believe, actually, if anyone's got a negative partner, it's not that they're not aspirational. It's just they, they're not aspirational to build a property business. Well, they're yes. aspirational to trade the stock market or start a business, whatever. So the negative from a partner is the most acidic because it goes right into our hearts. It hits us because that's like shit. That's the one person I wake up with. That's the person that I trust that I would, you know, I give my life or might even give their life for me and that, you know, help me father or, or mother my children. So it hurts us the most because we want them to be completely behind us. And yet they're telling us, you're doing what? You're going on that property course? Yeah. Why? You're going to go and build what? No, you can't do that. And now they start to reinforce category one 
which is our beliefs about whether we can and can't do it. And that's what concerns me is they can actually magnify a concern that we have. We might have a little seed there that maybe you and I, if we were talking to somebody, could take that seed out of the ground. It's a weed and we could get rid of it. But if we don't get to them, a partner that's negative comes and waters that weed and up it grows. That's yeah. the other pain. I think. Another way and I heard you describe it, which I love visually is, you know, they come spend time with us. They've got this aspiration. They're like, I know why I want to come financially free. It's for travel. It's for uh, you know, I want to, interestingly enough, I want to spend more time with my partner. So yeah, that's yeah, one, yeah, one yeah, of, yeah. One of the interesting reasons why. And, and and that's a beautiful thing. But, you know, we light their candle. Yeah. And I've heard you describe it this way, which, yes, is, which is beautiful. Yeah. So they go home with this candle and it's all protected. Uh, and then they well, say, yeah, yeah, good. So it's, yeah. You the, know, the candle being this thing that, that lights up. Lights up. It's got yeah. a flame. Yeah. And then they say, you know, hey, honey, I want to be financially free. And I want us to be financially free. I want the kids to be financially free. And this is what I'm going to be doing. And then she just blows the candle out or he blows the candle. Just like that. And with a negative word, a sentence, a frown, a look. Yeah. It can be uh, as subtle as it that. It could just be as subtle as that. Yeah. Now, and, and I think we, it's worth talking about here because the partner one is so strong. And, and, the, and what happens in the body of the person that's aspirational when that happens? Just describe what we've seen in people. Oh, wow. They've walked in on the next day on, on our property course. They're not smiling. <laughs> it's the yeah. opposite of smiling. Yeah. yeah. Uh, shoulders are, shoulders are drooped. Uh, won't look us in the eye. They won't look us at, uh, They don't want to have the conversation with us. Yeah. About um, what do you do next? What do you, well, you know, what's what, the next steps? What's the next steps? Because now they don't feel like they have the support from their partner. Yeah. Now, the interesting thing, when we do get to speak to them is just reminding them that this they're doing this for their partner, for yeah. their family. They're not doing this for selfish reasons for themselves. They're doing this for the four walls that, that they live in. Beyond that, though, it's, it's it, the partner thing is so uh, fascinating. So if there's a final piece of solution I want to give here, a nugget is when going on this journey, because, Ro, you said both people are, are aspiring. You know, partners, when they get together, they have yeah, this, yeah, yeah. They have this fire is embark on any of these journeys together that's yeah. that's always a great starting point or at least certainly the starting point of that yeah yeah have somebody i mean there's aware. a fundamental challenge here is if two people are in a relationship but their values have now shifted or uh, for whatever reason one wants to grow and the other one doesn't mm. that's a different conversation i mean go listen to the podcast on relationships because this is so important if you're not aligned in that space this will just be a magnifying glass on yeah. an issue that's in the relationship but let's assume that actually both of you do want to but it's just fear in the other partner it's fear of and then they come up with what if we lose money this is where all the other excuses yes. come in. What about my uncle? He tried it years ago. Um, what about what the news is saying? And then they go to external. So that's the third category, all the external stuff. And then often a partner will use the third category, which is the validating it through other sources of information. Plus they'll press the first category, which is, and also you're not good with maths. And that person thinking, shit, I'm not good with maths. That's true. Yeah. So there's all these other factors. Yeah. And it's just like putting fuel on the fire. But go back to your point. If you're both aspirational, you have to just hold their hand and tell them you love them and just mm. say, honey, I love you. I'm committed to doing this. If we don't do this, what are we going to do? If not this, then what? I think it's a brilliant conversation to have with any partner. Yeah. If not this, then what? And the, the then what conversation, they go, well, I don't know. I'm stuck in my job. We haven't got time. And then it becomes a spiral. So it's like you are now bringing a solution to the table and you are hoping that that person, but if they're not going to support you and do it with you, at least morally support you and say, okay, well, look, I'm not going to stop you. I just don't want to get involved right now, mm -hmm. but still carry on and do it. Because otherwise, I mean, how many times do we see people walk out of that property course and they've gone, I'm just going to go and think and wait until my partner comes on board. 
when are they going to come on board? Yeah. If they've spent years not being on board, maybe they need you to be the person that just kicks the door down and says, fuck it, we're doing it. Lead it. They lead it. Exactly. You're carrying that candle and then you're protecting that candle with having the right support around you. Just that candle point you made is that's actually a good point is go into the space where you protect the candle. You have lots of support around you and that's like lots and lots of glass layers around the candle so it can't get blown out by other people. In the same way that you lead your family's financial security by turning up to work every day. Yeah, exactly. It's the same thing. Exactly, Harms. It's just a different vehicle. For somebody else. You're building somebody else's dream by by being in a job for somebody. Because it's their business. You're building their business. And that's the difference. So if we think about our sphere of influence here, we've spoken about the couple. That's like, that's the inner circle. We take one step out into the the next ring and then we've got parents. Now, genuinely, (laughs) Ah, ah. I'm I'm blessed because, you know, when I did the property course, my parents were like, amazing. Like my parents have supported me and, and my brother. you pretty much paid for a lot of it initially with your wedding money, I think to remember. <laughs> yeah, just, just you know, savings, you know, yeah. and, and you know, my dad's invested into the property business. You've met my dad. Yeah, yeah he subsequently gave him Astro. Yeah, I, I'm one of the blessed ones where my parents never put these blocks in front of us. They just try to guide. Yeah. But I feel like I'm uh, in a lucky few yeah, um, because yeah, the yeah. more people I interact with, the parents, and I'm hoping oh, you speak... Sporting. Uh, speaking to the spaces, they just kind of have a grip on the children. Massive. Even if the children are in the 20s, 30s, 40s, and I've even seen it 50s, and the parents just have some kind of emotional hold on what decisions the children make. A lot of this stems because I think, depending if you're a first or a second born, you're first born, aren't you? First born. Right. So first borns tend to... um, lean a lot on on getting approval from the parents whereas second borns are usually rebels not always but there's a there's a human psychology around second saying so due to the older one and tending to want to go against the parents as well but you're absolutely right and i think a lot of it is we've grown up and we've been spoon-fed our beliefs our values and and literally spoon-fed by a parent and so we have this unconscious irrespective of if they're expecting it but an unconscious reliance on a getting their seeking their approval and if, if i do this my mum and dad like it i want to make them happy that's ultimately what i want to do yeah, yeah. but the problem with that is we become adults and we actually can make our own decisions but we're still making decisions on or if there's a slight doubt i'll let my parents so go back we're now suddenly revert back to being a child because being a child we didn't have to make certain decisions our parents made them for us if we were uncertain our beliefs were weak it was something we were learning for the first time. I'm a bit nervous about this, Daddy. Can you come and do it with me? Like I've done with my, and you've done with, you know. And then all of a sudden the kids go, I can do this on my own, Daddy. Thanks a lot. Like my daughter went to her first piano lesson yesterday, Liv. And the eldest one is going already. And on the way down, she was like, I, I might be a bit nervous. I think maybe could you come in with me? As soon as we got, well, I didn't go actually. My fiance, uh, my fiance went and, and Stina went in with her. And as soon as she walked in and she saw the piano and she recognized his face because we were doing it online. She went, you don't need to be here now, mummy. You can go. And Stina was like, what? She goes, yeah, I'm fine. You can stay outside. And she went in. So she was at that point where she, and that's where we need to be as grown-ups. We need to be able to go, I don't need to lean on my mum. I nearly did it when I signed up. I was, it was 25,000 pounds. I was 35 years of age. And I was in London. I was on a property course and it's an American company. And I was there 
And they said, right, there's mentoring available. There's these trainings available. And I was like, shit, let me call my mum and see what she thinks. Fuck, I'm 35 <laughs> years of age. You've got a PhD, 30, top of your exactly. profession. And you know what it was? It was that little bit of shit. And that's what we revert to. We go back to what we know is a pattern of behavior in the past. I'll check with my parents. She has no clue. She's not financially independent. She's not been there. She's not been on a course like that. And yet there's me thinking I'll call her. And actually, luckily that that sort of emotionally developed part of me went, why? Mm. So that's really what it is. We revert to being a child when we're feeling a little bit weak and it makes it easy for us to go, I'll just check with my parents. And then we can wave that banner around and go, my mum and my dad said I shouldn't do it. If you think about it realistically as an adult, and you said 50, we get 50 year olds doing yeah, it. Yeah, we do. Why on earth? Why? Because they just, they don't want to make decisions themselves. It's yeah. about taking responsibility. It goes back to where you start at the beginning, Harms, which was, this is a chance to change your life take responsibility for it take control of every decision you make and that includes the challenges you're going to face the ups and the downs because you're going to get to a point where you're going to be financially independent and you've got to put the work in so really important message sorry i went off on one there but it's, it's it, on a personal level i went through that it, it, it's 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 critical and that's this it's so important because that is the second sphere of influence and for some people even though they are in a relationship, actually the parents are in the center and yes. their partners on the outside. But anyway, that's true. True. Now, now we're, no, that's true. This is a great, between the two. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like they'll get in a wedge and, and, uh, and then of course you've got outside that you've got friends and family and, yes. and, and, but it's the same, really, it's the same piece. We're just looking just for a slight glimmer of validation that maybe our doubts, we just want to have them confirmed. So it actually always starts with us first. Always starts always. with us. That first category. Always. Cause if you have conviction like you had, if your dad had said, don't do it, I believe having met you the first time, you still would have done it. Mm -hmm. You would have gone, you know what? You brought me up to be independent. You brought me up to be an educated person. I educate myself in engineering, which is what you did really well. And now I'm going to educate myself in this because that's what you brought me up to do. And actually, if you say it to a parent, often they'll go, that's a good point. You got me. Yeah. You got me. You got me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're using the very same thing. They yeah. Do. And it's like, wow, okay. I think you would have done that had you, and you got lovely parents and they supported you. But had they not, I still think you would have made that because you had that conviction in you. You had that desire. You had that, you said from a young age, you just wanted that thing in the future. You want to be a father that could bring up your kids. And, and that's the conversation we've got to have with our parents, isn't it? If our parents say you shouldn't do this, but mum and dad, you've worked all your lives. I remember seeing you and I don't want that. So if I carry on doing what you've done and I adopt your way of thinking, which is what you're telling me to do now, surely I'm going to have what you've had. It's the Einstein thing, is it? Definition yeah. of insanity. So think about it sensibly. Why would we want to listen to our parents? Because they don't have what we want. Exactly. Fundamentally. Exactly. So there are a few other categories, like you said, social circles that influence us. They use language like, oh, property doesn't work. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. Oh, my dad tried this and that didn't work for him. Or Yeah. yeah. So you know, it's all of that. It's, all of that plays out. Which then leads us to the wider, you know, outside this right. circle, yeah, which yeah. is the external circumstance, the final category. So where people reach out to look for that. Where they look to that. Now we're talking the internet. Now right. we're talking media. I read this. Newspapers. Have you seen this about interest rates? Why would you want to get into property? Because the interest rates might go up by half a percent. Yeah. Or did you read that about landlords might be being taxed a little bit more money? All right. Well, they're still making money. You know, they might have to pay a bit more tax. Um, what other ones do we get harms? We get stuff like um, you can't get the money. You can't raise the money for this. You can't raise for the, yep, can't how raise gonna, it. Yep. How are you going to find the deals? You know, there's no, there's not enough properties. There's more than enough property. In fact, in this country, we've got a massive shortfall. Well, well, we have, look, just take that as an example. Well, the demand property is huge. And I, I could be standing there and, and I could have the same conversation uh, with two different people. One, one person will say, uh, there's not enough properties. Yeah. Right. The other, oh, yeah, yeah. the other person will say, uh, 
there's there's loads of properties in my area yeah. there's not enough tenants yeah. and then the other person will say uh, actually there's lots of properties yeah but there's too much competition in the area yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it just goes on there's a million empty properties in the united kingdom as an example and yet we still have a shortfall in terms of available property so that that's the thing it's knowing how to navigate through it what other stuff do we hear i can't get a mortgage too old yeah. i've heard this so what what these are all the external validations Having gone from the first one, so the classic example, I've heard Harms have this conversation with somebody, oh, but I, I don't know if I've got the confidence to do it. And then the wife says, I'm not very good with numbers. So Harms says to them, this is live at Property Course. Well, how about this, right? How about if you're working, say, privately with a coach or a mentor and they can help you with your confidence and take you out to the field and, and help you look at these properties and we'll put you through a process of working out how to do the numbers. How does that feel? Oh, yeah, that would be good. So you can help me with the numbers. Yeah, great. Ah, and then they go to another, yeah, but my mum said, yeah. and then they go to the next level of validation. Yeah. What did your mum say? Well, she said that her friend tried it and it didn't work very well. Okay, well, did, did, your, mom, did your friend's mum have any education? And I've heard you have these conversations. And then, yeah. No, actually, she didn't. She tried it on her own. Okay, so imagine what it would be like. You went through, you got a degree. Yeah, what's your degree in? Well, I'm a doctor. Okay, so imagine me trying to be a doctor. Well, you need to go through the same degree as me. Exactly. So if you came through this process as a property investor and they go, oh, that's true. Ah, oh, but I've heard interest rates might be going up. So now they go to the yes. third, that third yes. layer of, of um, excuses. Uh, and, <laughs> but, but it's fascinating because they will work within these categories. They, yeah. they will, they will just go. They'll to move from in. One, two, yeah, three. Yeah, yeah. Two, three, one. And, and, and fundamentally, it just comes down to one reason for them. And it's what you said was the overarching. Yeah. You know, it's. it's but, I've, but what I love when I've heard you do this as well is you've gone, okay, so let's take, we take all those away. What's the real block? Yes. And then it comes out and then they, and they might be like, well, we've been having a few challenges and I think we just, and then it might be a relationship issue. That sometimes is the case, isn't it? It's almost, uh, it's, it's never to do with the money, the, the, the yeah. cost of the training or the price of the training the actual course they're about to go on, the time the course we're going to take, all of these are just the surface excuses. Yeah. It's it's something to do with the core. Uh, it's normally themselves. Yeah. Uh, it's a word. Or a fundamental fear of just failure. Yeah. They've got it in their DNA that they don't want one. to fail. And it's like, okay, that that is more important than I just don't want to fail. Let's touch on that one for a, big, uh, for a moment because that's another, you know, if you used to say, what's one of the big, if there's a couple of underlying ones, fear of failure is massive. Ma uh, and the fear of failure and I know you can talk into the space uh, extremely well is that just hasn't come about in them. No, no child is born with fear of failure. Not at all, no. I'm looking at our little one who's now just over one. He's afraid of nothing. Yeah, he's going to be no, trying to climb up tables he's, soon. He's and... chasing dogs four times the size of him. Um, <laughs> it, it, they are not born, you know, we are not born with fear of failure. So where does it come from? I love the fact they're running away from him. <laughs> well, we, you know, we learn it, don't we? We, le we learn it by observation. We learn it by, from a story we hear from an uncle or an auntie yeah. or a brother or a sister or a parent. And this is, I talk about this, the Turning Point book. There's a point when a belief system goes from an observational belief, which is slightly less, it's, it's less impactful on our life. Mm. Oh yeah, I saw that. And, and uh, yeah, I kind of believe that because that's what happened to my parents. Maybe they had a big argument about money and, and now I've got a belief that money's not good. But then maybe later on, I have a bad experience with money. And I lose money on a deal yeah. or, or, or I try and put money into something and I start a business, whatever. And then I lose some money on that business because I didn't really prepare or I didn't learn about it. Now that becomes a, a stronger belief. If then something else happens in a similar vein, then you get what we call a belief, which is a conviction, an absolute conviction. And now you really believe it. So people we meet have built these beliefs up. Some people are just, they're very wobbly beliefs. You can actually re easily change them and others are stronger and we have to shatter them. Yeah. But failure is fundamentally 
one of our greatest fears because people don't want to look stupid to other people. Um, and, you know, it's our ego, it's our pride. There's a whole bunch of other things. Reality is you can't fail in something if you learn to do it properly, if you're consistent at it and you keep navigating through. There's learning lessons and there's mm-hmm. certain things that are going to go wrong, but keep working through it and you'll get to the end result. That's what we teach on the property course. It's like you have to just follow a system. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because it, there's, there's two realms here. If you fail in, in school, you get a bad grade. And yeah, exactly. And that's another place. It's, we're know, indoctrinated. It's, it's, it's reinforced that's there. That's very true. Very um, true. You know, if you, that's one area. In your job, if you fail, you're now in a performance review or you're going to get sacked. Exactly. Whereas the sh- opposite, the world we're talking about in business, in startups, in a new venture is the quicker you can fail, the more you can get these failures under your belt. You it, get to the result you're looking for. You get to the result you're looking for. Yeah. And we're not, if it's done in a controlled way, you know what you're doing, you manage the risk. We're well, not talking about catastrophic failures. We're talking about like small point. micro Yeah, so failures. a good point yeah. would be a classic example with property. So people are afraid of getting property at wrong, the, wrong, the wrong price. So your first failure point is getting no's, getting rejections. Mm. So we encourage people to go out and, and put lots of offers at that very, very low and yeah. get used to the no's because that's a feeling of failure. Shit, I failed on this deal. I didn't get it great because you might go through 30 or 40 no's before you get to your first yes yeah then the next stage is getting uh, the works right okay so it might be that you plan to spend twenty two thousand pounds worth of work but it ended up being 23 and a half so you didn't fail you just learned a lesson there that oh, next time around i've got to improve the way i do my my math so allow a contingency yeah. so we're building all these factors in and, and it's reframing exa- the way we have our learning experiences yeah another example there uh, for the property investors listening to this who have started you know if you're if you're having a having a doubt whilst you're building that path for financial freedom and your financial future is you know you're going to raise money for a deal yeah and you know within the communicating with impact program that we run one of the things we show people is how to raise money for their property business but as part of that is you go and do your pitch ah you go and reflect on it something didn't go quite right there i've got to change the, the structure or the sequence of my communication you go back in and then ha, hey presto you've got iterative it process. It's iterative process so these are think about these as, as micro failures the problem is when most people think of the word failure they it's think cas- it's massive it's massive yeah everybody knows about it it's on the front page news yeah, my, right. my parents are now yeah. you know they're not proud of me anymore have you seen this in the daily mail exactly so you failed at your <laughs> so we so we just <laughs> on that property deal make it so much bigger than it is yeah whereas it's, i mean look at so look at trading right when we bring alistair on he'll talk about the fact that in order to succeed in trading you've got to fail meaning you you've got to accept losses with wins you just mitigate those losses you have stop losses to reduce you have like a one percent um, risk on your account all those things it's part of it. Yeah. But the thing is, if you don't start the journey of learning that, all you'll ever do is focus on the blocks. And I think that's, you know, we, we've kind of weaved in a lot of solutions here. We have. Um, I, within you know, within I, each block. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's stepping back from it, I guess, because I've got a feeling you're going to ask the question, is there any key things that we can take from the key? First of all, when it comes to internally, keep growing and start to believe that anything is possible and yes you might have some confidence issues and yes you might feel uncomfortable about numbers or whatever it is or dealing with people but they are all things that can be developed and evolved and you can work on that you can you can water that part of you you can start to grow and evolve like you're talking about you wanted to do so never use that as an excuse and realize that whatever you've got inside of you if you show it externally to people around you, the negative ones will use that and reflect that back on you and say, yeah, but you're not good with numbers. So you've got to make a decision. Fuck it. This is who I am. Appreciate the things I need to work on. I'm not perfect. I don't need to be perfect, but I do want to make a change. I do want to grow. So what do I need to do to make that happen and stop 
using that negative self-talk to block it because there'll be loads of other people that will want to block you as well. Even when you start to get successful, there'll be other people that get pissed off because you're successful. And then, then you've got to deal with that as well. That's another whole conversation, the fear of success. Fear of success um, links back to the fear as one of those, those big categories. So as you've been listening to this, or one of the, one of the suggestions would be to re-listen. Now your mind is open to actually, what are my personal blocks? Yeah. Because one of the questions they may be asking and, and should be asking as you're listening to this is what is my personal block yeah. that's causing me to stop making these big decisions, these exciting decisions, aspirational decisions. We have got, for any of the supporters, if they want to go into, I don't know what tier it is on the supporters, but there's some whole sections there on dealing with purpose, personal blocks. That's tier two. Tier yeah. two, right. Okay. Yeah. So that is definitely worth looking at. That's really powerful because it will help them clear through that as well. Um, so, so for context there, if you're not a supporter already, you go to cicardo.com forward slash become a supporter or just go to cicardo.com. You'll see the link there. Go and have a look at this series where I was talking about. It's in tier two, I think something like five pound a month. One, you support the podcast and then you get this perk, which is a, which is an amazing. Video, These are amazing videos. Plus By the way, for anyone listening, and this is genuine, these will become available soon in their own right. Each one of these um, video series uh, for an awful lot more than they're paying as subscribers. Yes. So um, go and tap into these resources because they absolutely help you smash through this. This is like me going through as though I was coaching people, physically coaching them through a program. And it will help them smash those blocks out of the park. But negative people, I think, uh, you know, tackling that category Maybe you can talk about the last one, which is the information out there, but they go and reach to the filtering of that. But negative people is choose who you put around you. Don't divorce people. Don't divorce your family, but just filter. I learned to filter what, when they said stuff, I just looked at them and thought, you know what? They're afraid. They don't have the same aspirations. We're slightly different aligned. They can have their opinion, but I'm choosing to accept it. So start to filter those things and don't allow it to get into that inner circle of your internal chat. Almost be grateful that there's a yin and a yang and a difference because you need people with different opinions. Otherwise, everyone would be trying to do the same thing and then it would get kind of boring. So uh, welcome the input, but you don't have to take it. Equally, you don't have to tell them to piss off. You can just say, well, thank you for your opinion. I've made my decision. I'm doing this anyway. Mm. That way you kind of stated your position. Be strong in yourself and filter what you take in internally. That would be my sort of... And if, you're, you know, if it's a partner and it's a loved one, and it's a husband or a wife, just tell them how much you care about them. And, but you're going to do this anyway. I did that with my fiance, you know, we're in different places. She was a lot younger. She was studying at the time and she wasn't interested. So I said, so I'm going to get on with this because I believe this is our future. I'm just stuck with it. The last one is those external things we go looking for. What would you say to those external things? Well, I thought about this, you know, you had heard me talk in previous podcasts about just cut social media out, Mm -hmm. uh, have a cleanse, maybe don't use it during the work hours, well, you know, in, in an essence, in simple terms, just be managed, manage the way you use it, filter the way you use social media. But I want to take it one step further because we're talking about vehicles that can help you create financial freedom. Now, the magic with learning a new vehicle is just like learning a new profession, getting a new degree. It's you're going to learn and become an expert within this new field. Now, whether that's property, for example, whether that's trading in stocks, so the advantage you'll have by actually going ahead and learning this new skill is when you see these headlines, mm. when you see these news articles, you're going to look at them and laugh because you now know way more in depth beyond the headline, before, beyond this like news article, this clickbait headline. True. They're just trying to grab your attention. They're yeah. just trying to get your click. 
you can actually look so at the headline. So you're beyond ignorance now. You're beyond ignorance. That's right. a great way to describe it. Because yeah. if you see a headline where there's no more properties for sale in the UK, you're on the ground as a property investor. You know that's absolute blown. You know that's not <laughs> exactly. true. Uh, you're, you know, you're, you'll know this because you're now an expert in the field. You're yeah, now yeah. practicing it. It's very true. And this is why property investors or traders they are actually living their aspirational life mm. you want to live mm, is because they're getting on with it. They're not being distracted or being blocked by these headlines. And that you just bridged into another area by going down this path, association. Association mm. is huge here. Jim Rohn's great book, Seven Strategies of Wealth and Happiness. Your income is directly proportional to the people you hang out with and associate on a regular basis. The first five people you hang out with on a regular basis. By going through property course and learning and associating and mixing with other people, for example, you're now going to talk, as you said, you're going to not just learn, but you're going to be around people that actually have different attitudes. They they want to go and do it. They're, they're showing you what they're doing. And so that mixing and matching with people takes you down a different path. If it's trading the stock market, go and hang out with traders. If you're going to do internet business, go and hang out with people that do internet. Whatever it is, associate with the ones that are actually doing it, not the ones that are criticizing those that are doing it or telling you that it can't work. It's, it's a massive difference, association. Absolutely. Great summary there. So I want to just quickly do a recap of the whole podcast in terms of the headlines. <laughs> you know, you now know what financial freedom is, depending on where you are in terms of having experienced the opportunity to learn how to become financially free. Now, this could have happened to you in the past, in which case, hopefully this podcast is kind of the reawakening for opening your eyes back up to the opportunity that financial freedom is achievable. You just have to be up for it once you remove these blocks and you'll know what the blocks are for you. We've we've highlighted a whole bunch. How do you achieve financial freedom? We've spoken about certain vehicles, not exactly how to do that because that's the elements you're going to learn in order for you to actually get there. And then we've discussed in detail different emotional blocks in three big categories. Well, your, your internal self-talk, those within the small sphere of influence, other people, and then the wider external world, you know, the, 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 the marketing that you'll hear, the news, the media. So that's the path we've taken. Within each of those categories where we've already discussed solutions, you know, typically if you listen to our podcast, we'll do a solution at the end, but actually you've got them within the category that may matter to you. So that's a quick summary, Ro. So in closing of this podcast, is there any kind of final message you want to leave the listeners uh, with? I think, you know, it's more one of just encouraging people to say you, every single one of you, and if it's not property and it's not the stock market or it's starting a business, if you've just got an aspiration, maybe just writing a book, which is, by the way, I say just, that in itself is an epic journey. It might be uh, becoming an artist and, and, and starting to create your own art and selling it privately alongside what you're doing. Whatever your aspirations are, just know that if, if you've even got that seed of feeling in yourself, Somewhere, universe, you talk about spiritually harms. It's a nice way to bring it back to what you said at the beginning. Spiritually, there must be a reason why you're having that feeling. Mm. You didn't come onto this earth just to suddenly uh, just live and die. If that's a, a passion, go and pursue it. Pursue it with absolute drive, no matter what self-talk's going on. And the people that you need to have on your path will come to you because you've now put it out into the universe. And that law of attraction, which is another conversation from another day, will happen. But all the time you're you're thinking small and living small, you won't attract it to you. So you have to expand. You have to grow. You have to water yourself and know that it will happen. Just trust in you. And I promise you all of the, the signs and the right people will come into your path to take you to that destination, whatever it is. Great. 
I'm just going to leave with, I am excited for you. If you're listening to this <laughs> and you've now had an awareness or raised awareness around that actually you can do this. Rose just said you could do this. You can achieve this. You know, you have big reasons why you want to be financially free and take control of your time once again is I'm just super excited for you because now you have that awareness. You can clear those blocks, remove those blocks, or even if the blocks are there, you know that they exist and you'll just overcome them as you learn more, start acting and start walking towards that, that journey, which is your journey to financial freedom, whatever that is to you. So I'm just excited for you. So there's a lot here and we'll be downloading some of this on the show notes as a quick recap. Uh, especially some of the blocks that we've discussed, those kind of big categories. And you'll find that at cicado.com forward slash podcast. Ro did mention there's some amazing video tools and video series available. So if you are listening to this and you're feeling like you need that additional support or help in order to overcome some of these blocks, that's what those video series are there for. So you just head to cicado.com, become a supporter, select the tier which has a video course for you and you'll be on your way. So that's it, Ro. That's myself and Ro signing off. We shall see you on the next episode. Hello, it's Dr. Ro here. Harms and I would like to both personally thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of The Cicado Show. And if you've gained just one insight, something positive that you're able to use on a personal, on a professional level to help your life and maybe other people's lives, then please complete an important action for us, which takes less than just two minutes. Please become a supporter of the podcast by going to cicado.com. And as a thank you, you'll get access to exclusive supporter perks. And don't forget to simply subscribe to the show, share this product with loved ones. And we would love if you would take a moment to give us a review and let us know just how amazing this episode was. Thanks again for listening. This is Dr. Rowan Harms signing out. We'll see you on the next episode.